Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode, oh God, nine. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was going to happen of Adopting Wellness. I'm Laura. I'm Katie. And we're so happy to have this time to record today and just catch up with everyone, check in on how summers have been. So Katie, how has your summer been? Ooh, so it's July and that in of itself is insane. We're halfway to Christmas. I can't. Well, we're more than halfway to Christmas. I, I've been doing pretty well, so I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a program called, well, actually, I think it's a company called Able To, Mm. and they work through my insurance company, and they provide an eight-week program that includes a therapist and a coach that is free because of my insurance. Yeah. And it's basically for people that have any kind of chronic whether that's illness or mental health or whatever it may be. And you have to qualify. You have to do like a, basically an assessment uh, session with the therapist to see if you qualify. And, and then they kind of decide which program you should go through. And then every week for eight weeks, you meet with a therapist and your coach, if your insurance covers a coach. So anyway, I have been on week two of this Able To program. In addition to my normal therapist, um, I have to say it's been a lot. Yeah. It's been a lot of therapy. Dear God. Um, a lot of talking. You know, when you first see a therapist, it's like you have to download them on not just facts, but like the context of why you are the way you are. And yep. then I almost feel like I have to prove that, no, no, I am actually very self-aware. I just need you to understand why I do this. Right. So it can be kind of exhausting. It's been kind of exhausting emotionally uh, doing the program, but we're working on fitness uh, like focusing on small goals that surround like physical fitness, mental health, uh, nutrition, sleep. So like kind of the holistic view of of taking health and making one small goal for most of them and then having the accountability the next week of what were you able to do, what was hard for you. So that's been challenging. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I've made small strides and that's been really really nice. So Good. Yeah, so that's kind of the newest thing that I've been doing. How about you? Yeah. Um, well that sounds that sounds like a lot, but it also sounds like something that is going to really help you kind of figure out where you want to take your self-care wellness journey, like what will be the kind of what will have the biggest bang for its buck, right? Because there's just so many different things you can do. And it's so overwhelming to get out there and try to like improve your health overall, but not know where to start, not know what will actually help you versus what other people say has helped, you know, it's 
It's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. It's um honestly, I think that if it was just like once a month, it might be uh it might be more difficult for me to do things. But because it's every week, it's like, oh no, I gotta make sure I'm hitting some of these or else, you know, <laughs> I have to face the person and and say, no, I didn't do any of them. Yeah, that's super helpful to have that yeah. accountability. Yeah. I actually have that right now too. I've been um so for those of you who maybe just met me in the last few years, previously I I've been really into working out. Working out has been like a huge um part of my just overall health, but also something that I'm really passionate about. I was into bodybuilding and powerlifting and I've kind of like done it all, (laughs) so to speak throughout the years. Um, and when I got pregnant, I was in this like intense, uh, camp program called camp gladiator, which I loved because it was outdoors and like, I, it was just nice. It was nice to be with other people. And I hadn't really been in any sort of like organized, like exercise routine or in any kind of community around exercise in a long time since I had my son. And, um, I've just recently, um, found a workout buddy and we've been like going three to four times a week together and meeting like teachers. And we're doing like kind of a bar Pilates, yoga boot camp hybrid, which is cool. Cause I kind of get like elements of all of those things. And I work up a sweat like crazy, which is so good. Um, I already feel my energy level going back up. It's just been really nice. It's been nice to like have that. And, you know, I moved to this, we live in a small town. It's like 27,000 people. So I moved here a year ago and like you know, we've met some really great people, but I think it's always nice to like have friends and meet new people. And that's part of it too. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to like, kind of go down that rabbit hole again a little bit. I love that. You're building community. Yeah. Yeah. And gaining community. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I think that's so important. I actually had breakfast with a friend of mine, uh, another adoptee that lives here. And I was like, I need someone to walk with. And she was like, Ooh, hot girl walk. Let's do it. (laughs) So we're setting, we are, our first walk is, is on Monday. So I'm hoping that it kind of turns into something consistent and, something we can do together like it's it really is okay so something I've been like processing in my actual session with my normal therapist um we did some EMDR and we worked on anxiety that I was having about going back to work Mm. and after I, I've been on a, a week long break uh, this week, so just having anxiety, and it's not it's not my actual work in particular. It's like it would be anything if if wherever I was in life, no matter what job it was, I would be having that anxiety. And it's not because I don't like the work because I do. It's I think I have so much anxiety. I think a lot of anxiety is created because of the unknown and not knowing 
you know, what's going to happen or unexpected things might come up. And what I realized through EMDR and this, we only did it for 20 minutes, but what I realized was the, I think the root of this anxiety is that I've always had to navigate stressful situations alone. And even when I'm just talking something through with someone else, they're they're not even like trying to solve the issue or solve anything with me. It's more so me just like having someone there, like present with me, for me to just talk it through with someone is enough support, is sufficient support, right? So what I realized was that my younger self was and has gets this like freaked out moment or freaked out mentality of not knowing what's going to happen or afraid of the like not knowing how to do something. And my younger self, I feel like because I've navigated so many things, so many hard things alone, the one thing that I told my younger self was, you can do this, you can do hard things. And I've just been thinking about that a lot. Like my present self telling my younger self, holding her hand and saying, you got this, we got this, we can do this together. Mm. because we've done hard things. Mm-hmm. And I, I've i just been thinking about that for the last 24 hours and how powerful that is. And, and I've realized how much comfort it's brought me to think like, yeah, I've gotten to 39 years old and been through some really, really hard things and I've gotten myself through those hard things. Yep. Yep. And I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot about that and how it how it affects so much of probably why I say no a lot <laughs> because I have so much anxiety about it. But realizing that actually like my younger self that those fears hold me back sometimes. Yeah. And I also, I, I know based on like reading and stuff I've been doing lately that your nervous system, when you've had to exist so many years in like fight, flight or freeze, right? Mm. Like that your nervous system is so much more, it's primed to do that first. It's not primed to like reach out and ask for help. Right. Like that's so much harder. And I don't think we talk about that. I think, I think we, I don't think one that people are given that information freely enough, but I also think we're so much more inclined to blame ourselves for, you know, it's just because I'm being negative or it's just because I'm not working hard enough or whatever. And it's like, no, you're, you are primed for survival. That's what you had to do for so long. And survival isn't really like the mechanisms around survival don't help you connect with other people. They don't help you like reach out and find community and, you know, and pulling yourself out of that place takes an immense amount of work. Like anytime I see, especially an adoptee 
who has been through something so dark and like, I see them like, okay, today I'm doing this. Or I, I reached out to this person and talked to them or like, I know the amount of courage and strength it took to do that. And you're kind of fighting against everything in your body and mind telling you to not, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's, yeah, even as much as, and and a lot of this is overshadowed with depression, but, you know, days leading up to the Taylor Swift concert, which I went to in Cincinnati last weekend. Okay. And it was so fabulous. <laughs> um, but days leading up to it, I was dreading it dreading going and and not because I didn't want to necessarily go it's it was overshadowed with anxiety yeah of doing all of the logistics of the actual trip yep and doing things that I haven't done before and just being nervous about it and being anxious about it and you know, I think my default is usually, oh, it's so much work. I just want to, I just, I don't want to do that. And sometimes I even like make so many excuses of like, oh, my life is, is already a struggle. Like, why am I piling more struggle on, you know, to make it worse? But I think in those moments, it's really easy, especially for someone that has chronic depression to just say like forget it like yeah. i'm not doing this and yep. and I, you know we talked about this before like how do you honor your commitments but also honor how you're feeling in your body at the same time and like when do you choose to kind of weigh which one is is heavier mm-hmm. and you know it was like no i can't i can't cancel like firstly i'm the driver <laughs> i cannot cancel on my family but also, like, this is something that I have been excited about for, gosh, it's been months. And despite all of the logistics and the unknowns and the stress and uh, the anxieties that I had, like, did I have a great time? Yes. It was amazing. Was it amazing in the moment? Maybe not. <laughs> But now that I look back on it, I'm like, man, that was like truly an incredible experience. And I'm really glad I went. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like there's something to like pushing myself because like in my own body sometimes because my default feels like shutting down every time. Yeah. I I think about when you visited and we were going on those walks and I could see on your face, like when we would first leave the house, you're like, I don't really want to do this. And then then like probably 60, 70% of the way through, you're like, okay, I'm glad we did this. (laughs) You know? Yes. That's a, that's a pretty good synopsis of like how I treat my whole life. (laughs) Honestly, that's me at every workout class too. Like I've had some sleep issues. Um, Lately, I I go through these phases where I think it's a hormonal thing. Mm. Um, we're not gonna get into perimenopause, but I feel like that might be <laughs> happening. Uh, it's like not menopause, but like what happens before menopause, where your hormones sure. are doing some stuff. So, I think I go through these phases where I wake up like wide awake at three a.m. and I cannot, no matter what, go back to sleep. 
Really? And I get it. Go, it comes in cycles and because I have a very strong circadian rhythm. So if I do something one night, my body thinks that's what it's supposed to do every night. So oh. then I end up in this terrible cycle where I'm up at three. And so I'm trying to like break the cycle and, and get to sleep. And so I go, I show up to my workout class last week and I remember thinking like, I don't want to be here. I hate this. This is the worst thing ever. And then I left like, okay, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. Even though I was existing yeah. on no sleep, I'm still glad I did it. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is something to be said about keeping your word and pushing yourself for the sake of knowing that it's healthy for you. Yeah. You know, it'd be different if like you never paid attention to your body, you never paid attention to how you felt. And you were just like doing it out of obligation and people pleasing as opposed to like knowing this actually is positive for you. Totally. Yeah. I think that might be the biggest difference. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think there's something, I think we've talked about this before that I have this thing where like my momentum is like <laughs> really intense. Like if I start like doing something, it's like, I'm very, very routine oriented, which I think yeah. most of us are. Um, so if I break my routine, I get a really high level of anxiety about mm. not doing it. And that I'm afraid that I'm never going to do it again, but I'm about to go on vacation next week. Just, I'm not even going anywhere. I'm just not working and I'm not going to do all my crazy workouts. And so I'm just like, okay, like I'm just going to chill. I'm going to enjoy my time. And I'm going to be really happy to get back to that the week after, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have had the whole week off and I've literally, I don't even know what I did. I feel like I was full of appointments. Yeah. And I feel tired from that, but I don't know. It's just, you seem refreshed to me too, though. You seem like, do more I? like yeah. From the last time I talked to you, you seem more like yourself right now. Well, great. Yeah, well, I'm about to go on vacation for the weekend. Yeah, where are you going? So we're going. Okay, well, that's not a surprise. I, it was supposed to be a surprise to oh. my boyfriend, but I accidentally said where we were going. Oh, that's, that's just <laughs> who I am. Um, we're going to Lexington, which is an hour from Louisville. That will be so fun. I'm excited yeah. for y'all. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of vacations, our wonderful producer Patrick is in Korea right now. So yeah. that's super cool. And I think we just had con. Was that last week? Con mm -hmm. was last week. So a lot of people got together in Chicago. That's mm -hmm. in Chicago every year, right? They don't move that no. one. Okay. They move that one. They every do. Year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is the first time in at least a few years that it's been closer to the East coast. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's been really, um, I think I, I think I've been mourning that mm. like, you know, I've, I really wanted to go to Ica in Korea and I wanted to go to Khan and actually had plans to, was going to buy tickets to Korea, but yeah, I, I remember making a decision. One, it was just so expensive and, um, Two, I, this is the first year where I feel like I'm not surviving mm. from 2021 yeah. to where like I'm 
actually trying to make positive changes. Yeah. And instead of like my normal, let's barrel through and it doesn't matter how I feel like I just, I need to get there and I don't want to do that. Um, And I didn't want to take that year this year to do that. Like, you know, I've been to Korea four times. It's like, it's a lot. It's a huge trip. It's a huge trip. It's always going to be there. It's not like I, you know, it's, it's something I just, I really wanted to do, but I just felt like if I did this year would, would continue to be a surviving type of year of like the aftermath. Cause I think the hardest thing about going to Korea is coming back. Sure. Like it's not being yeah. there. It's not right. even searching. It's when you come back. Yeah. That's when the impact is. Mm. And I didn't want that yeah. to be part of 2023. It's also, it's okay. You and I have kind of talked about this privately, and I feel like it's a really important thing to say, especially as adoptees who found each other in community on social media, that like taking a break from adoptee centered content. Mm-hmm. is part of self-care and wellness. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do it. Like you can't, yeah. you have it for like what you were saying, right? You more intentional about it versus just falling into what you feel like you should do or what you have done. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot to process. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot of emotional labor for you to kind of yeah. go back into those spaces there are times I think where it's a lot for us to like be around other adoptees even and just be almost like Mm. triggered by things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not because there's something wrong with us. It's just because that's the truth of, of our trauma and what it means to be adopted. So yeah. Cause you're constantly saturated in conversation about trauma and that is not healthy for your brain to always be around. Like I think that, Uh, you know, I think it's important. I think that's why this podcast is so important because we talk about how do you move forward from that? Yeah. Like it's important to acknowledge that it's important to have those discussions and to build relationships Yep, and moving together in healing and in, you know, healthy ways uh, as well as, you know, that beginning part of exactly. establishing relationships. Yeah. I mean, you might, so. you might find friendships in the adoptee community, you know, that may feel like they center on that, but my hope for everyone is you, those friendships develop beyond being based around shared trauma. Like mm. it's okay that you find people like that, but I think you, you also need to have people in your life who are you know, going to challenge you in a healthy way and are going to be there for you when you just had a crap day for no reason other than you just had a crap day. And, you know, um, yeah, I just, I know our friendship exists outside of that sort of adoptee verse, you know, and I think it's an important thing to kind of talk about, you know? Yeah, it is. With that said, I have been really excited to see the excitement of adoptees being together. Yes. Like that is, that is a joy. Those pictures to, from Khan. I was like, oh my gosh, oh, look at I all know. our friends. 
I know. I loved seeing so many adoptees together. You know, so many people that I've been able to meet, so many people that I have not been able to meet, you know, being in such community. And, you know, Ica is going to be even bigger. And um, I'm one day, one day I will go to Ica. But yeah, I think. I think I've been kind of mourning that. just going back it's been since 2015 since i've been back to korea and uh there's only a few things left i want to do for my birth search and i have to be there i can't do it from here yeah so it's uh yeah having fomo that's that's what we call it that's what the folks say yeah <laughs> I hear you. That's hard. I actually have never been to an adoptee conference of any kind yet. And so I feel like that's something that's on my bucket list. Um, yeah. The largest group of adoptees I've ever been around is when we went to dinner in Dallas with everybody. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? Yep. That's oh, it. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. So actually, I, I haven't publicly announced this, but. Um, I have been having conversations with different adoptees here in Louisville and I am, I'm targeting August, but it might be pushed to the fall just because of timing. But I want to do a, an adoptee picnic Mm. and uh, there are, there are four adoptee, uh groups that are in the louisville lexington indiana area so i want to reach out to all of them and i want to open it up to kids that are adoptees and their families as well as adults and come together as like an adoptee picnic i love that did adoptees connect start in Louisville or Lexington? Lexington. Lexington. Okay. Yeah, so that's one of them. Lexington. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Pamela Caranova. Okay, cool. So that's group is there. So you've got some good like community there to draw from and that'll be yeah. so great. I'm excited. So, yeah. So I'm excited. I think that those types of events are really for, are, are really started by adoptive parents and they're very adoptive parent centered. And so I think it's really important for adoptees in whatever age to know that there is a big community here and, you know, people are gathering because we realize how important it is to have community Yeah, and to know this is, you know, these are people that, that are like your neighbors. Yep. Like, it's so important to have those relationships. Absolutely. I love that. Well done. Cheering you on. Love it. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Well, we are going to be coming back in August with guests again. So two episodes um, a month and we've Katie and I had our very official planning meeting. Um, (laughs) She's a hard ass. You guys, you're not, you're not prepared for Katie in planning mode. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
But no, uh, we are going to be coming back with two episodes and some really, really awesome people are going to be joining us that we can't wait to talk to. Um, we are also going to be starting some new stuff on social media um, and be looking for how you can be a part of that as well. Um, what else? I've got a ton of like family and friends visiting here in the next month. So I'm really looking forward to that. I just hit a huge writing deadline yesterday. Whoop, whoop. So chapter one, draft oh one. Oh my gosh. Is done. So I'm now making edits and things. So this has been a big, big writing project that everyone will get details on whenever I feel a little less terrified to share. <laughs> <laughs> Never the pressure of that doesn't uh, feel like immense. But Dude. anyway. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. 18 pages. And it only took me three months. <laughs> okay. So how has writing um, challenged you and also been therapeutic yeah. for you? So it's I'm doing a different kind of writing because I'm doing a scholarly book with a colleague mm -hmm. of mine and it's trauma-based. And so I've been immersing myself in research. I've been... Um, really trying to just kind of follow the rabbit trail where things lead me and what I know is important in my work with clients, my own life. Um, and so it's been really amazing. I feel like my brain has been like a sponge, just like sucking up all this stuff. And then I've had to try to figure out how to kind of puzzle piece that in a way that makes sense to me, but I also hope makes sense to other people. Um, the first chapter I'm working on is specifically just an introduction to trauma. So it's been like absorbing 250 years of trauma research and like <laughs> send help, you know, it's been crazy, but it's very validating for me because the way I have the, the chapter organized is what trauma does to our minds, our nervous systems, our bodies, um, our behavior and our relationship with ourselves and other people. And let mm. me just tell you, <laughs> the research is strong. And <laughs> the, the answer to that question essentially is trauma does everything. It, do, it, it affects everything. And mm. I find that validating because again, like we were talking about so much of what we tell ourselves in our head is it's us or it's you know, we're just not strong enough or we're not doing enough or whatever. And it, when you really look at what the research has shown, you know, it's pretty, pretty clear that you're fighting an uphill battle when you're mm. doing anything with trauma and, and mm -hmm. the, the things that really accompany that. So it's been amazing. Um, I've had to find my flow and like my work process. So that's been interesting. And like what I found is once I'm in it, I'm in it. And it's almost like this cave I kind of have to go into in my mind yeah. until yeah. I'm done and like come out. Um, but I, but I'm a mom and a wife and I feel like, you know, I can't really do that. So having to, having to it's be, a cave. it's a cave with a door. Do you know what I just realized? I'm in doing that and being, super on and in the flow and then being with my son and my husband, like I am practicing mindfulness in a lot of ways because I'm having to be fully present in what I'm doing in the moment and I don't have time mm. to mess around. And when I'm with my son, because I've, <laughs> I've had so little lately, little time with, with him and my husband, I, I try to be hundred percent there. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah. it's been, it's been actually really good practice for me and, um, learning so much. Can't wait to share all of it. And yeah, hopefully it doesn't suck. <laughs> That's so exciting. You know, you talk about trauma and how we tell ourselves like, oh, it's just us. Maybe I'm just a little crazy or maybe it's just something I did to myself. And, and I think, you know, there's so much research and there's, and, and people are talking about trauma more than ever now, but I don't think the public still really understands trauma no. and how it has impacted people's lives. Right. Like I still get the feeling when I talk about trauma and adoption, people are literally like flabbergasted. Yeah. Like what? I just like, saw another podcast. Yeah. I can't remember the name of this podcast, but it's two adoptees. I just found them on Instagram oh. and they were talking about how people seem to really understand the trauma of family separation when it comes to like the things that were happening and still are happening at the border, right? Where they're taking children mm, from families. Mm -hmm. People mm. really get that because they <laughs> right. see a child who's been taken from a family, but there's something about adoption where I think the empathy is the empathy gap is just huge and they yeah. people don't really understand and they think, Oh, well that's the, that parent's fault or that kid wasn't wanted. So it's fine. And it's like, mm that's a very, yeah, it's very reductionistic thinking and it's, it doesn't take into account how the child feels in that situation. You know, I think it's because the narrative of, oh, they're, they're getting a better life. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because of that. Like mm -hmm. it, it's, well, they're getting another family, so they're not missing anything. Right. And it's like, <laughs> and that's, that, that's but. usually like 99.9% .9 of the time that comes from people who have their original family. So I just right? find that funny because I'm like, <laughs> you don't actually know what you're talking about because you've never, yes. you've never had to go through family separations. So you don't, you don't know what that, what, oh, just get another family. It's not like a freaking spoon you lost. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's not how this works. people. <laughs> yeah. I got to find my spoon. Jesus. It's missing. Just go to Goodwill, get another one. It'll be better. Yeah. I, it's, it's just, it, it kind of blows my mind um, that there's still this huge gap of understanding about trauma and just how the brain develops in general. It's like people understand how children's brains develop like in in real time, developmentally, yeah. they yeah. should be hitting these milestones. We know the first five years of life are the most pivotal for right. neurological development. So why are people thinking it's okay to do this to infants and young children? I don't get it. And right. we do it to puppies. We wait until eight weeks. Like there's this, yes. like, this marker, right? So it's just so strange. It's such a, it's a huge gap. And I, I know for a fact that a lot of that is driven by, uh, that, uh, you know, adoption industrial complex that, you know, yeah. we've, we've talked about and heard other people talk about. Um, but also I think as an adoptee, it feels like our feelings and experiences are, are just overshadowed and don't mean as much as the people who want mm -hmm. babies. That's, yeah. that's more important. And yeah. that sucks. That doesn't feel good. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's always been about the parents about what they 
their hardships and and how we fulfill them and 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 honestly it's just this fairy tale oh well children need families and then and then they just forget that these children grow up and we have a lot of different needs that are not and also we had families at one point uh-huh. so it's not like we the stork delivered us like we we actually right. <laughs> came from somewhere yeah and those that those families hardships matter too right yes yes and the fact that people have to spend for for transnational adoptees i can't tell you how many thousands of dollars i've spent going back to korea and searching for my family unacceptable and I don't think that should happen yeah it's crazy yeah and then you get over there and no one's helpful like from your adoption agency yeah or yeah. they just straight up falsified your records and they're not even <laughs> real right or that or that yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy I mean, my god i know so that was yeah. a that was a good little soapbox we got on to wasn't it yes, wasn't it it was <laughs> I look forward so much to talking with you again next month and um, stay tuned for who our first guest will be starting in August and uh, yeah, everyone enjoy your summers. Yay. Happy July. Love y'all. Bye. Yay. Bye. (laughs) Bye.